0: Welcome back to Is It Horror? I'm Brianna.
1: I'm Joe. I sometimes forget the order we're supposed to say our names in. I mean, Matt.
0: I'm Mitz. <laughs> and I'm Steve. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't joined us before, normally what we will do is take a film and we will analyze it and decide whether or not we think it qualifies as horror I'm we'll try and do kind of an in-depth dive into everything surrounding that. But... This is actually going to be a review episode, so rather than discussing whether or not something qualifies as horror, we're just going to review a movie that recently came out. But before we do that, we're gonna go to Joe's get to know you corner. Joe?
2: Oh, hey, welcome to this fancy corner of mine. (laughs) Um,
3: So fancy.
2: My, oh yes, so fancy, so fresh. Um, My get to know you question for tonight is, what is your favorite horror movie reboot, requel or sequel?
3: Oh, per usual, I was torn. Uh for a reboot, I was torn between the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. I think it was directed by Zack Snyder maybe? I could be wrong. Correct. Um Oh, I did good. I should have done research, but thank you for validating me. Um and then the you. uh <laughs> Thanks friend. Um, and the other one was and correct me if I'm wrong because I think I only watched this once but I remember enjoying it and having several moments of going Ugh! Uh, was the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre it was the one with Jessica Beale. It didn't have a requel unfortunately because spoiler alert I generally don't enjoy sequels in horror genres or at least what I would consider to be horror but a sequel and I feel like this might count. Correct me if I'm wrong. Army of Darkness, Hello. definitely absolutely a amazing movie. It counts. Fantastic. That's that goes without saying. Um, and also, Hellraiser Two is also hilarious. And I feel like the moral—it had a moral to the story, and the moral is you know get a new mattress. So there's my <laughs> get-to-know-you info.
0: <laughs> the second Hellraiser is pretty good. I don't know. I'm not a big Hellraiser it's, fan, but yeah. I think it's as good as the original. Picture. I'm
3: going to disown you. <laughs> that hurts my heart, Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I've, <laughs> I've given it a good go. You know, I've, I'm about I'm six movies into the series. I'm going to finish out the rest of them. And uh, I've even read the novella. So there's that. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting up to date on all of it.
3: Oh, it's, it's okay. I really only like the first one. Not even going to lie. I didn't get past two true story but pinhead come
1: on that's fair you have such sights to show to be Oh, it's
3: so good so good
2: well for me i don't know i have a hard time with a lot of sequels i feel like it's hard to do a good one and do the original justice there are some out there but uh, a couple of the more i guess modern ones that i've that i've liked i liked the 2013 evil dead Uh, I thought it was a good movie, and yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, The other one that I thought they did a good job on was the 2018 Halloween. Uh, I thought those were
1: both pretty well done, not without flaws, but overall, I was happy with both of those. I really struggled to not pick things that are really obvious for me, but Dawn of the Dead 1978 is probably my favorite horror sequel of all time, because that's like one of my top five just favorite movies of all time but also halloween 2018 is really really good huge fan of that movie so those are my two
4: um it's funny because i don't know the public reception of the movie i picked so if i say it and everyone groans i'm sorry but i really liked the most recent rendition of it the 2017 It. Ugh.
3: Agreed. No, I back you. Yes, I'm with you I really there. I like that one a lot.
4: I yeah. think it was really charming. I, that's a weird movie for yes! a movie like that. But.
3: I feel seen right now. Thank you.
4: Um, I think because I, first of all, I'm really drawn to stories that center around children. And I think this rendition did a really Good job at doing that part of the story justice. I felt really attached from the to the kids from the beginning, um, which makes you attack attached to them for the entire series. And even though Pennywise in the new the requel, if you will, is it's a different kind of horror than the original. I think the original is more of like a true crime type of horror, whereas this is more of like a monstery horror. I think they're both very good in their in their own right. I think they're different but good. It's it's probably one of my favorite
1: remakes or requels. My moan earlier was a joke. I, I love that movie also, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially the chapter 1.
4: <laughs> yes, that I like that one I think more.
0: Chapter 1 is really good. And my unpopular opinion, at least surrounding it is that I think the new one's much better than the original and I the original one's good, and I Tim Curry's great in it, but it's just, it's a bit uneven, and I'm just not into it as much. I know a lot of people kind of grew up with it.
4: And the pacing's bad, I think, in the original. That's just my opinion, though.
0: Yeah, it's just, it d- didn't connect with it as much.
1: I also think it's fair to mention that as a Stephen King film adaptation, this new It is probably... If not the best, definitely like top three out of anything that's been adapted from him. Oh, for sure.
3: I think I would agree, yeah. With
0: clearly the best one being the Dark Tower
3: adaptation. Shut up. (laughs) I have not seen that. Is that horror?
0: I would love to talk about whether or not the series is horror, but as far as the movie goes, it can Ah. burn in the everlasting pits of hell
3: oh damn okay well
1: i really had such high hopes for idris elba anyhow we'll talk about it later yeah yeah for sure
0: i would yeah at some point we'll we'll talk about the dark tower i would really like to address that at some point so we'll we'll round back to it maybe second season stuff As far as, I guess, my picks, there's so many out there. I got to echo what Matt said about favorite sequels. Somewhere a tie between either 1978 Dawn of the Dead and uh, Evil Dead 2. Both excellent movies, really influential for me as far as my horror tastes go. Dawn of the Dead, in a way, is kind of the movie that started my infatuation with horror. I'm sure I've seen other things, but that was the one that cemented it for me. And then as far as sequel reboots, requels, I guess, I don't feel like it's a thing that there's necessarily a lot of out there yet. There's probably more than I'm realizing, but I gonna go with Halloween 2018, same as you guys on that one, too, because I really think they did an excellent job with that one. And then, man, did they screw the pooch on halloween kills but that's fine that's at least my take on it maybe it's not the popular opinion but i just did not like that one as much evil dies tonight yeah (laughs) and it sure didn't spoilers but then as far as reboots go i do really like the evil dead reboot that is a really good movie i really enjoyed that one a lot and of course it links to stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight but um, the other one I thought that I would bring up is I wish that there was more love for the uh, Fright Night reboot with Anton Yelchin. That is a great movie. I Cast is great. Everybody's great. Characters are great. And I understand a lot of people have a lot of love for the original. And so they kind of hate on the the reboot there. But it was it's a really good movie. And I'm disappointed that they kind of didn't do more with it because the sequel was weirdly another reboot. (laughs) I don't know why they did that. There's four Fright Night movies and three of them tell the same story. So anyway, there's some weirdness there with that.
2: Well, that's been all for Joe's Get to Know You Corner. Thanks for joining
4: us in the corner. Thanks for inviting me to the corner. And now we're going to get out of the corner, and
0: we're going to go to a slightly adjacent corner, so, <laughs> where we're going to talk about the movie that we've picked for this episode, which I'm sure you already know because you clicked on this link, but it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 that we're going to be reviewing, and uh, go into a little bit of background on this. It's directed by David Blue Garcia. He is native Texan, so... It's uh, been a while since we've had a Texan actually at the helm of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, so that's kind of fun. Uh, he's a fairly new filmmaker. His only other feature film that I am aware of at this point is Tejano, which uh, for those that don't know, I'm sure Matt does, but it means Texan in Spanish. And apparently that got a lot of accolades, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, it was written by Chris Thomas Devlin, also fairly new and... I think it is the first feature film that he has ever written. He has another one on his IMDb page called Cobweb, which hasn't released yet. Um, So as far as this movie goes, the previous entry was Leatherface that was made in 2017. That was a prequel to the original film, and that one was made by Lionsgate Millennium Films. But they had taken a while getting that film together, so they ended up losing the rights to it. And then Legendary Pictures acquired it. And then they brought on Fetty Alvarez, who was the one that had written and directed the Evil Dead remake that we've already mentioned. And he had been hand selected by Sam Raimi. So he had kind of developed the story for this movie and produced this movie. And then then later we got Chris Thomas Devlin and David Blue Garcia on board to put it together.
1: Hey, sorry to interrupt you. I was really good friends with Chris Thomas, Chris Thomas Devlin in high school.
0: With a Chris Thomas Devlin or this Chris Thomas Devlin? With
1: the Chris Thomas Devlin. (laughs) Really? What? (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) And you're sure it's this same guy? (laughs) I am 100% sure it is this guy. (laughs)
0: That's crazy. Okay. Well, that is some interesting trivia right there. Thank you for letting us know. So, yeah, you should uh, be like, hey, buddy, we have a nothing podcast that uh, you haven't been paying attention to. and We were talking about your movie. So what up? Or not. That or is so weird.
1: So weird that that <laughs> happened. Anyhow, go on.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, all right. Well, <laughs> So yeah, as far as the timeline of this goes, I thought it was worth bringing up a little bit because Texas Chainsaw Massacre has kind of a weird timeline. There's nine movies, and there's as few as three timelines, depending on how you look at it, and as many as six, which kind of beats out Halloween's record with 12 movies and five timelines, so good for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But uh, kind of looking at some of the timelines that you have available, there's just the reboot timeline. So you had the twenty, the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then they followed that up with a prequel, which is just Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. So that's kind of one isolated timeline. And then you've got the sort of reboot weird timeline that's Leatherface that came out in 2017, then the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, and then followed by Texas Chainsaw 3D, which came out in 2013. So that's the other timeline. And then the hairiest parts of the timeline come into the original series, because you've got the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was uh, done by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel, and Then that was followed up by Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was also done by Toby Hooper. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. And so you would think, okay, well, there's four movies. But they have really sparse, weird timelines, too. So some people kind of view it that each of those two, three, and four are all their own version sequels to the original film. So then that's instead of being one timeline of four movies it's three separate timeline movies timelines where each sequel is just a sequel to the original movie again and ignores all the others and so when they said they were making this movie texas chainsaw massacre 2022 the thought process initially was that it was going to do the same thing that halloween did which is just be a direct sequel to the original film and call it good and that was that but Then you have some quotes out there from both Fede Alvarez and David Blue Garcia that kind of put that into question. So for instance, Fede Alvarez, what he said about it, he was talking about the movie, this new movie, and he said, you see a photo of young Leatherface, an old picture from the late 70s. The logic for me is that Leatherface, after the crimes of the original movie, just ran away. His new mother figure took pity on him, saw that he was mentally challenged and scared and probably did some terrible things. She took him under her wing. Probably, I think, a lot of the movies that happened after the original still happened. He probably escaped, you know. He was in and out of the place for a long time. I think she probably gave him enough chances as movies that happened. And then it got to a point that he settled down. So it seems for Fetty Alvarez that maybe the other movies count in this timeline. And then David Blue Garcia. What he had to say was... Uh, We like to call this a direct sequel to the original, not that it ignores all the other films in between, but those aren't as important to the story. You can pick and choose what you want to from those other films. We're picking the movie up 50 years later and Leatherface has kind of been lying low in an orphanage and is disturbed by these millennial protagonists who come to town. So both of them kind of commenting on the ambiguity of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre timeline and saying that while you can just watch the original and then this new movie, that maybe the other movies kind of count too, so it's kind of a weird timeline, and I will cop to the fact that I haven't seen all of these yet, but uh anyway it's a little bit messy figuring out exactly what fits into where, so there's that for some edification on that if you haven't if you're not familiar with it either then as far as short of. Short description of this movie, and of course, there's already been some spoilers, but there's going to be lots of spoilers, so get ready for that. But uh, the movie starts out with a group of four 20-something teenagers. It's uh, Melody and Dante are kind of social media famous. They're business partners, and they are redeveloping this Texas town of Harlow, and they're kind of bringing in other millennials who sort of want to escape city life and have something a little bit more down home in the country, but not too down home in the country. And then along with them is Dante's fiance Ruth and Melody's little sister Lila Lila? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting now. It's Lila, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah it's Lila.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they are driving to Harlow, and on their way there, they stop for gas, and, of course, the gas station has some background on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 and the events that happened there, and, you know, so they get a little bit of prologue on that, and they run into a Texas man who, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this, they're, they're rude to really unnecessarily, and, uh, you know, he kind of gives them a little bit back and then drives off. And on their way to the town, they get stopped by the sheriff, who also talks to them for a second, basically makes it clear that, uh, hey, it's it's fine that you're coming here, but also we're not real happy about it. So, But you've got money, so there's not much we can do, and we're just here to keep the peace. Once they arrive at the town, they find out that the handyman that they have hired to kind of make the place look presentable is actually Richter, the guy that they saw at the gas station, who they're a bit rude to. And uh, they have a busload of people that they're expecting to show up soon, but they realize that one of the houses isn't vacated that they had bought up from this small town of properties. And so in going in to that property and kind of checking things out, they find out that there is an old lady and a man who lives there. Maybe you can guess who you think the man is, but uh, yeah, they tell him, hey, you're not supposed to be here and we bought this and you were supposed to vacate. Uh, She says that, no, she worked that all out with the bank, and that this is her property. And the stress of the moment makes her kind of physically ill, and uh, so they get the police there, who are the only authority in the area, to kind of take her to a hospital. And the large, unspeaking man who has been living in the house with her comes along with her. And, of course, there is a car accident. But uh, meanwhile, our most of our main characters don't know that because they're still back in the town and the busload of people that have been following them on the internet have showed up. They're ready for this auction where they're going to be buying off parts of this town. Meanwhile, back at the accident scene, uh, Leatherface is revealed. He's been this man who's been living with this lady for a long time. She's kind of run this orphanage and took him, as we said in the quote earlier, under her wing. And uh but she passes away and that was kind of the only thing keeping him from going on a murder spree. So he sawed her face off immediately as you do with loved ones when they die. And then he wore it as a mask and then went around and uh killed everybody at the crash site, would include which included both the police officers as well as Ruth, Dante's fiance. Then he makes his way back to the town and slowly cuts through everybody. Uh, In the meantime, Lila bonds just a little bit with Richter as they're kind of discussing some of her history where you find out that she survived a school shooting. She's still kind of getting over the trauma of that. Uh, You also find out in the background that Sally Hardesty from the original film has since her traumatic experience become a Texas Ranger and she's been searching for Leatherface all this time. And when she starts hearing over the radio that someone sawed someone's face off and is wearing it and now killing people, she figures that's probably the guy. So she starts making her way to Harlow as well. So lots and lots and lots of violence ensues. No surprise with the chainsaw. And lots of people get cut up until we're down to Melody and Lila and Sally Hardesty now arrived on the scene and they kind of have a final battle there, duking it out. Sally, unfortunately probably doesn't make it. I mean, we don't see her 100% die. Lila and Melody, they fight him to the bitter end and uh, think that they've escaped everything, but uh, Leatherface comes back for one more kill and takes out Melody and we're left with Lila, possibly the lone survivor of this whole incident, rolling off by herself in a Tesla that she's already pre-programmed to drive away, and I guess she just decides to look out through the sunroof. Anyway, so there's the movie (laughs) what did everybody think about this how many chainsaws do each of you give it
3: um out of five it it would get three for me exactly three chainsaws no more no less the number of the chainsaws shall be three i also give it
4: three chainsaws out of five
1: i can only give it two for me i'll say three chainsaws also
0: I, I'll i go with three on this one as well. So one of the things I wanted to get into at least a little bit is what is everybody's history with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series? Uh, have you seen any of these before? What did you know about it before going into this? What was your prior experience?
3: Um, prior experience specifically for, th- for this incarnation, I knew nothing except that, hey, there's a new Texas Chainsaw and it's on Netflix. You should watch it. Ta-da! Um, But I had seen the original, of course, many, many, many years ago. And I think I saw that one that I mentioned before in the beginning from the early 2000s. That's really the only context I had.
2: Um, I'd only seen the original and now this one. So uh, the rest are kind of blind spots for me, I guess. I don't know much about the other ones other than what we've already discussed a little bit.
1: I had never seen a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie beforehand. My only experience with Texas Chainsaw Massacre was in the video game Dead by Daylight. So, had no experience whatsoever. And I watched the first one, and I watched this movie in preparation.
4: I also play Dead by Daylight, so I knew Bubba from that. But um, I had not seen the original one, but when I was, I think, maybe like 10 way too young to be watching a movie like this. Um, I watched a 2003 one and with my friends, and I remember that it was just really gory. Like, I remember being really disturbed after watching it, especially because there was a scene where a girl pulls a gun out of her hoochie. Yeah. <laughs> after that, I was like, mm, maybe I don't want to watch any more of these. So that was the last time I watched one until this week when I watched the original. And this new sequel
1: is that not normally where girls keep their guns or i don't know women's secrets
4: hey we keep a lot of things in a lot of places but we can't tell our secrets
1: i mean the pockets are too small right
4: <laughs>
3: yeah how about you make us some dresses with pockets hello <laughs>
1: right dresses with pockets for guns
3: i miss jean Co's, man i want like i want to fit the ipad in the pocket like that's where it was at that is what girls want
0: Or some jinkos where you can just empty the contents of your backpack into one of your pockets.
4: And then (laughs) keep your friend in the other. Exactly. That's amazing. We could finally get rid of purses and bags.
0: It would be lovely. And then people would just think it was a cool jean skirt anyway. So it kind of works. As far as my experience with these, I have kind of been going back through. One of my goals for this year was to watch through the whole series and so, but before watching this one, I had seen the original a few times, but, uh, and I'd seen the remake a couple times, but that was about it. And since then I've kind of been going through the more recent films and planning on watching kind of the original the sequels to it, but I didn't really have as much interaction with it because as much, I don't know, I enjoy the first movie, but I didn't connect with it as much as some of the other some of the other horror series out there. So I didn't spend as much time with it wasn't as interested in visiting some of the other installments yet. So I guess it sounds like for all of us that we're a bit new to this franchise, which I think that's okay. Cause I think that they're intending this movie to be, you know, for people that haven't really got a lot of history with the series. So that's kind of what we're going to be approaching as far as talking about it. So let's get into the characters here. How did everybody feel about Leatherface and how he was presented in the new one and that versus the old one?
3: I don't know. I mean, you kinda can't mess up Leatherface. Do you know what I mean? You kinda can't. So I approve of of Leatherface in this one, but I do feel like, and we can get into this later, side tangent, etc. I feel like Leatherface in the original was scarier somehow more disturbing to me okay tangent here we go so in in the original one where we see i think his name is kurt is the first member of the the group to get killed am i right and he's in leatherface's house and there's that you know wall o animal taxidermy and he walks in there and he gets snatched and Irma Gerd, it's now officially a slash slasher flick and we're all excited about it at least i am Um, And you see Leatherface kind of lean out after he snatches his victim. And he sort of does this half like side to side looks and he slams that door shut, that metal door. That's terrifying to me. And I'm not a big fan of the original, but that was a great scene. Lost where I was, but there's your tangent. Just thinking about
0: it, at least thinking about those sequences. People die pretty quick in that movie. At least the guys do anyway, because he kind of sledgehammers them and then they're done. The girls had worse fates for the most part. <laughs> I mean, because you know, one getting hooked and then who knows what and then put into the deep freeze, and then we're kind of left ambiguous. I mean, I don't think we ever see her exactly die. I mean, the, the thought is that she probably froze to death, bled to death right. there in the deep freeze. But yeah, stuff happens quick.
3: It does, yeah.
1: for me, uh I think that I think that uh, Leatherface was really good in the first one and the new one. I just it's hard to not t- it's hard to talk about just Leatherface without talking about the differences in the two movies, but I just felt like the original movie was more about making you feel uncomfortable and unsettled then this movie was more about just kind of gore and you do get those moments where you feel like kind of some sympathy for leatherface where he's just he's kind of lovingly taking care of this old lady and then in the original he's like kind of lovingly taking care of grandpa and you kind of get a little bit of sympathy for him but i think there's a lot less of it in the new movie
2: I think it's a, I guess, I can see it, they're, they're different characters, I feel like, the first, the Leatherface in the first movie and this one, but, like, not in a way that there's, I, I can see that the, like, new uh, movie is, like, an old version of the character, you know, like, the in the first one, he's it feels a lot more erratic, just the way he runs around and chases you know, Sally through the forest and that kind of thing. And that's scary in one way, but you know, in this movie, he's maybe a little more, I don't know if calculating is the right word for it, but it's just a little bit different feel, but it feels like maybe a natural progression of the character.
1: Can I, I just want to add quick to that, like the scene where he does kind of the bait and switch trap where he has the chainsaw and the one building and kind of lures her into that. I don't think Weatherface from the original movie would have been capable of that kind of critical thinking and planning.
4: Yeah, I was just gonna say. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I do think that the new Leatherface was still true to himself. I mean, it's the same character. But like Joe said and like Matt said, I think he's wiser in this movie, you can tell he's he's older. He's smarter. And that somehow makes him both more and less terrifying. Because in the original, like was mentioned, he's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. He's erratic. He's almost like a child with a chainsaw. I mean, that's literally how he's portrayed. Whereas in yeah. the new one, he he kind of is on par with killers like, you know, Michael and Freddy who are calculated and smart in catching their victims so i do think it did did a good job though
0: i was just gonna kind of agree with that echo some of what you guys have said about it because i was thinking initially i was sitting there and saying that i felt like the character was a lot different in this one from the original because of the things you guys had to say about the original one right he's got the sort of This vulnerability to him. uh, He's not necessarily being as aggressive. It doesn't even seem like he's mad. It seems more like he's scared, right? Like he's, he's there. And there are these people that just keep coming into his house and he's just reacting afraid. You know, he's clearly the only one that's there and he's in charge of the grandfather, you know, his his brother is out there hitchhiking and uh, the cook is out doing his thing. So it's just him and these people are showing up and then he's just kind of reacting. And you get that moment where he kind of sits at the window and he looks sort of exasperated sort of spent like, man, I've just been panicking all day as these people have been showing up. And then meanwhile, in this movie, you get this. And that's the thing I think I wasn't thinking as much about is that you've got this much older Leatherface who's been through, I guess, so far as the director and, uh, You know, one of the writers saying has been through all of these other things that have happened in some of these other films and he's just settled down. He's been peaceful and he had this lady that was taking care of him and he was okay as long as she was okay. So now you've got a Leatherface that's attacking people out of anger and out of revenge instead of his original moment of motivation of just self-preservation and fear and i guess just kind of hearing everybody talk about it at first i was thinking well it doesn't feel consistent but i can see what you're saying and i think that maybe it is consistent after all and i can kind of see that perspective on it it's just he's gotten older and things have changed and the situation's different so he's reacted different he's not going to be just the one thing
2: yeah like at at this time he's got to be pushing 70 right if we think he's you know maybe maybe teenager but maybe early 20s in the original
3: if he is in his 70s oh he still has a good swing and aim i'm just saying yeah
2: yeah that's that's one of my problems with it actually i have a really hard
3: time (laughs) protein i guess
2: but he's just like hanging out with this like old lady in an orphanage (laughs) so i don't know i have a hard time believing he's he can just off the bat be as physical as he is but yeah at the age of 70
0: and i guess a little bit of insight on that at least as far as how the creative team was looking at it and looking at him they were looking at it as that he was a teenager in the first film and that he's just big for his age and then the other thing that they were kind of talking about especially um David Blue Garcia was talking about how, you know, living in Texas, you see like these old 80 year old farmers who are just bucking bales of hay without any, anything. And sort of looking at it that way and saying like, yeah, he's older, but I've seen old farmers have plenty heavy things and still have that physicality to them just from a lifetime of work. So I don't know, I guess that made me feel like i guess i'm willing to go with it a little bit more i agree that i'm not entirely willing to i'm not entirely buying it but i can see where they're coming from and i'll i guess i'll give them a little bit of a pass on it maybe
2: (laughs) yeah i don't know it's i i can i can see that and i can see what they're going for i've known plenty of older people who are still very physical but i guess that's one of the differences for me is you know you see the old 80 year old farmer out there bucking bales it's because they've been bucking bales for 80 years and like this guy i i don't know i don't know how long he i feel like he's just been most likely
0: sitting pretty idle for a long time because even if the other three movies in between happened right it's like that was he had three crazy weekends between this movie and this and the original
1: (laughs) right Maybe the town is a ghost town because he spends all his time murdering people. I mean, come on.
3: Oh, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> how did you guys feel like the character looked? So, as far as special effects, as far as the mask, how did uh, how was the appearance for you of Leatherface? Good addition to the franchise, not so much. Where do you weigh in?
4: You look like classic Leatherface to me.
3: Yeah, I think it was. There were some slight updates, I think, for realism because original Leatherface was a bit. I don't know, clownish maybe? I don't know. This one's makeup skills were far superior, all in all. But I think it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I thought it looked
1: really good too. Yeah, I I thought it was all good. I also would just mention that the first one had really good uh, practical effects, in my opinion, too. So I think that they did a decent job of not going overboard and sticking true to that kind of practical effects. For the most part, I mean... Obviously, they used some CGI for things like shoving chainsaws through people. but
0: Yeah, and I think that that makes sense, at least as far as Freddie Alvarez being involved with it, and maybe that's some of his influence, and I don't know how David Blue... I, I've heard interviews where David Blue Garcia has kind of said that he went to Freddy Alvarez for advice on some of those things, but when Alvarez did the Evil Dead remake, he tried to do everything as practical as possible, as in-camera as possible. And so you can see that same influence, I think, on this one. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more when we get to the gore aspect of things. But yeah, I think they tried to keep it in camera as much as possible and be really light on the CGI. So how did we feel about the new characters that were introduced? Who did you you like? Who did you not like?
3: I'm biased. I usually root for the villain, but I really super vo- rooted for the villain in this one. I didn't really I don't think I emotionally connected to the new team of Did we decide they were millennials? That's what they were described
0: as at least by the director. I mean, Okay. I guess the question of the age maybe somewhat, but yeah.
3: So that group of young whippersnappers who I also agree were rather rude to what was his name Richter? Baseball cap dude. Yeah. Okay. A little rude because, honey, you say that shit in the car behind a closed door. Don't you know how to be polite? Your mother did not raise you right. Just saying. So I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. Those kids were obviously not raised anywhere near a red county if they were super (laughs) surprised to see a gun on somebody's belt. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Right. Like,
0: out here, it's not like I'm full-on seeing people with assault rifles strapped to their back just walking around Walmart, but we're not too far Mm -hmm. off from that. Mm -hmm.
2: I see people with guns on their hips all the time. (laughs) Not all the time, but, you know, often.
3: It's a regular occurrence. It's an accessory in my county.
4: (laughs) I really liked Richter as a character. I thought he was neat, and I think... I, I really liked Lila, too. So when those two had that conversation um, and, like, had their little bonding moment because they're so different, I thought that was a really neat moment.
0: I really liked that moment, too. Richter is one of my favorite
2: characters in the movie, too. I think he's kind of this, a little bit misunderstood and, like, I don't know. It was a cool moment to just sort of see him and Lila, like, come from very different worlds, but have him kind of sympathize with her in a way that maybe others haven't hadn't been able to it was nice steve and i talked about this a little bit already but like i felt like throughout the whole movie he was pretty much just trying to do the right thing whatever he was doing he was trying to do the right thing
0: yeah even even in his last final moments right because he gets brutally killed by a leather face but while he's still got some life in him and he's seeing that you know Melody's under the bed his last moments aren't i'm not going to try and get away i'm going to try and you know save myself it's just him basically pulling the keys up and basically being like here are the keys i need you to know that these are where the keys are before i'm gone
3: and can we talk about that death scene oh there are few times when like special effects like that make me cringe oh that made me cringe
4: the leg yeah oh my gosh speaking of brutal strength yeah all of that was brutal
3: oh my gosh the bone crunching in this film oh 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 and went in the van where he gets he snaps yeah. his wrist and that was great yeah.
4: bone that was
3: fantastic he literally throat punched him with his own wrist it was great that's so metal.
2: Stop hitting yourself. Stop stabbing yourself <laughs> Stop with your mind.
3: Stop hitting
4: yourself. See, I wonder <laughs> if if he if Bubba is really abnormally strong, or if you have that much pent-up rage, if you could if like the average Joe could snap someone's bone like that. Up. You <laughs> do you think you could snap someone's wrist? No. If you were mad I, at him. I don't think
2: I could. I I don't know. I just don't. Maybe I don't, just don't think I'm that strong.
1: What if you what were if really you were upset really mad and they weren't allowed to kiss? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you! It's
0: immediately where my head went to. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's an unbreakable reference for those of you that don't know. <laughs> okay, I I do want to. Oh man, we're we're keep skirting around it, and we're going to get into the gore here real quick but before we move kind of on i wanted to see a couple things at least in the character department of things how did you guys feel about like the nameless group of millennials and you know them taking pictures of leatherface with their cameras and stuff and like telling him oh you're gonna be canceled bro how did how did that strike you i know it's kind of a joke but
4: i laughed out loud it was great i know it was supposed to be funny but it was cringy I hate social commentary. I'm sorry. I think it's so cringy.
1: I know that this comparison is going to be drawn definitely in the next minutes, but it felt like um, they were trying to be 2018 or Halloween 2018 a little bit there, where like Halloween 2018 did the vloggers or podcast people a little bit more naturally and better, whereas this one kind of the millennials. Like, had this kind of weird reason for being there and they were so like cringe <laughs> but I also thought it was kind of a commentary on how these millennials go into this kind of naive and getting massacred and then Richter the local town gun-toting redneck is kind of the comes off as the hero for at least a little bit so it's kind of like a reversal of what you would think
0: it's true, but then he doesn't fare any better, ultimately, right? Like, he yeah. gets a couple shots in, but he is as dead as everybody else, almost as quick as everybody else.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just a we're all just folk sort of thing, yeah.
3: I was surprised he went so early. Most of the deaths surprised me.
2: That was one of my problems with this movie, is just it, there was just some convenient things and it's just one of those like he should have fared better richter should have fared better and i think he would have he went into the situation being aware of the danger and like i guess i have a hard problem like he like i think walks past his shop where his assault rifle is sitting there right and doesn't bother picking it up like that that doesn't make sense to me like i feel like they had to take him out because he would have been too formidable
1: True. It's kind of like the movie sort of became Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> it was like <laughs> these damn kids running into my chainsaw on the property had one doozy of a day. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Tucker and Dale versus Evil too because it's almost like they took that scene at the gas station early in that movie and just said, "Let's make it not comedic but he's still not the bad guy and we'll kind of do that play off that a little bit again
2: and i love the like moment where like they're all oh we're just like-minded individuals trying to make a better life and richter's just like yep that's a cult
3: that's a cult
4: <laughs> yeah that was a moment <laughs>
0: I'm interested, too, to see how everybody felt about the return of Sally Hardesty's character. Now, originally, she was played by Marilyn Burns in the original film, but she sadly passed away in 2014, so she wasn't able to come back for this. The new actress's name taking on the role is Olwen Fior. I'm really not positive how to say the last name, so I'm sorry about that. But um, how did you guys feel about bringing her back and what they did with her character, how she was used?
3: I was delighted when I realized that they brought her back because I went into this incarnation of this without any pretext. But this, oh, I was not excited about how this ended entirely. I will tell you how it should have ended when the time is appropriate, but I was excited that they brought her back. In the end, I felt like they did not utilize her appropriately.
4: I didn't like how similar it was to Jamie Lynn Curtis coming back in Halloween. 2018 Lori Strode she went through a, a lot to make her into this sort of like tough paranoid but prepared older person ready for Michael to come back at any second Sally got chased with a chainsaw one time I don't see how that could have been anything but traumatizing for her so the fact that she's si- she's first shown slicing open a pig that's hanging on a Like a butcher hook. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, it didn't feel like her. It didn't feel like Sally. I don't mind that they brought her back, but I don't, I I just didn't feel like her. It felt like a totally different person. And I guess that experience would change you.
3: Yeah, it's the unseen character arc. The last time we saw her, she was running, well, riding the back of a truck, spoiler alert, away from the killer. And like, we see her gutting something, like she's been practicing on these, you know, animal carcasses for years like that is a badass bitch i was stoked for her
4: i don't know i feel like it was a little contrived
1: i think um it's funny cuz we talked about the new scream movie and so scream kind of talks about what you need to have your legacy characters feel good and what's a good way to have your legacy character and what's a bad way to have your legacy character i kind of think this movie was uh, an example of bad use of legacy characters it's like i would have liked to see her in it but just how she needlessly goes in solo and then gets railed on a chainsaw like right away super easy it was just it felt like she was just there for a little bit of fan service but i think she could have been a little bit more interesting
4: like I don't think the badass legacy character is necessarily a bad thing. I think it could be really really cool. But it's been happening so much that for once I would just like to see one of the final girls cooped up in their house, traumatized, <laughs> and like they hear that they hear that name and they're like, Nope. I'm not leaving. Like I'm gonna stay my I'm ass right Florida.
1: here. Books a ticket to <laughs> Barbados. I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> I get what they were going
4: for but it would
0: have felt better if there had been some more development with her. I can appreciate what you're talking about, Brianna, too, with the kind of off-screen development, because there's some fiction where I can really enjoy where you have a character show up originally, and they're one way, and then you get them years down the road, and they're very much changed, and then you're sort of interested, you're engaged, you're like, oh, what happened to them in between that, they, that they've that they changed this much? But I think that the movie, it didn't really want to tell her story, I don't know what they were hoping to accomplish, what the thought process was, but to me, it just felt like, yeah, we've seen them do it in Halloween. We knew they were doing it in Scream with those, you know, requels. So let's, let's do a little bit of the same, but we don't really care about that character. We don't really want to focus on that character. And so the movie doesn't, she comes into it late in the game. She makes some awful decisions and then the scene where she gets killed is pretty cool, like having somebody lifted up and paled on the chainsaw. yeah, that's pretty awesome visual, like the whole shot looked great, but at the same time, it's like I think I turned to jail at the time that it happened, and like quote of the Simpsons is like, oh, I'm really bought at this <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's just like I don't understand, um I know that they said they kind of wanted to do the sort of thing where you know passing the torch, but where you didn't have the option of bringing back the original actress, and she doesn't have any sort of bond or connection with the new characters. It's not really a torch pass. It's a, I dropped the torch, and you guys saw me drop the torch, but who cares? And we didn't even get to see her death. Her death didn't really happen on screen like yeah i guess she kind of passed out when she was handing the chainsaw but is she dead for sure i mean i feel like they left it open-ended where they could be like oh yeah she's fine in the next movie if they really wanted to and they shouldn't mind you but they could because it was they just didn't they didn't commit they brought the character back and then they just didn't do enough with her for it to be worth bringing her back
3: can i tell you how the movie should have ended can i just do the rewrite right now I agree, to piggyback off of what you said, (laughs) that Sally's death in this, like, the impalement on the chainsaw was visually stupendous. But that shouldn't have happened. What should have happened is, okay, so when – spoiler alert – when they go down into that area where Leatherface, we are led to believe, dies and drowns, okay, Sally should have somehow (sighs) – been like leading the girls having been like maybe possibly mortally wounded or something equally heart tugging to like kind of give them some sort of an existing trauma bond and sally should have gotten attacked by leatherface and the girls should have had to shoot through sally into leatherface to kill them both knock them into the pool and then it should have ended the rest of the movie the way that it did but we should have had an end credit scene where sally's not dead and then we get to see her character arc from before so it could be like a a prequel is that a thing i don't know
0: it's a thing twice in this series
1: so far so why not do it again
3: <laughs> okay let's do it again but that friends is exactly how this movie should have gone
1: and the movie with her is just her creating a shop that specifically sells seashells by a seashore <laughs> right
3: see I was thinking she could help hunt down serial killers in the 1970s and 80s but that's a whole other true crime element
0: that'd be fun to see what she'd been up to
3: Sally
1: stalks serial killers by the
3: oh that's by the by by the starlight make it romantic (laughs) I
2: have I don't know maybe an unpopular opinion about Sally I, I had a hard time with her character in the first movie. Like, I feel like there wasn't a lot of character development. I mean, she spends, like, the back half of that movie just running around, like, blood-curdlingly screaming. There's not a lot to her.
3: It was the 1970s, though.
2: Yeah, and that's true. But, like, I came into this movie being like, Oh, it's, you know, her from the original. My thought was like from the IT crowd, her name is Jen or Jan or something similar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even quite remember much about her. And then like to have her be, have her show up and like, have it feel like it matters. It just didn't to me. And then like, I feel like, I mean, we've already talked about a bunch of it, but she kind of epically drops the ball on a lot of things. She has leather face, like dead to rights. And is just, I guess I won't shoot you for reasons. And I don't know why Leatherface wouldn't have attacked her for entering his house. Because he did the same thing to Richter just a little bit earlier in the movie. So why didn't he attack her either? That doesn't make sense. Um, But then he uses the girls as bait in the car for reasons. But then almost immediately is like, okay, now you can go. I don't know. Doesn't make sense. And then she brings the shotgun to the fight. Which, I don't know, you know, Leatherface gets shot like six times with it. So I guess she loaded it with like birdshot or maybe marshmallows or something. (laughs) 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 So I don't know. I had a hard time with her and her character and just that whole thing.
0: Here's mini marshmallows for your cocoa, you son of a bitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) She throws them maliciously. It's
4: the Christmas special. (laughs)
3: Oh, man, more Christmas horror. I'm in. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Christmas Special. He wears Santa's face. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, that's nice, and have a beard. It should be hosted by the Osmonds or something cute like that.
0: Yes, and you find out that uh, Leatherface was an Osmond all along.
3: (laughs) Totally not surprised, let's be real. Canon. I can see how
4: that would be traumatizing. (laughs)
1: The twist is that we are all Osmonds all along. Aw. You, the viewer.
4: I have a family?
1: Yes.
0: So, we have sort of talked about... If you have favorite parts you wanted to mention the movie, we can go into that, too. But uh, what about the story, if there's anything else that you haven't mentioned at this point kind of worked for you or what things maybe bothered you. I, obviously, we've been talking about it a little bit all the way through, but if there's anything we haven't kind of covered with that yet, and then we will dive deep into the gore.
4: Gross.
3: That's the best part.
4: <laughs> One of the small details that kind of bothered me was after Sally had shown up and... Melody and Lila had gotten in her van or car or whatever. Sally picked him up, basically. And Sally told them, You can't leave until I kill him. That I I don't know. That just that didn't make any sense to me. I mean Right. You know? Like why? Like needless to I would have just got out and walked bait. away. Yeah, and then
0: at that point she hadn't even she hadn't even seen Leatherface at that point. And so like what does she know about how he feels about those two right It was just based on nothing, even if it even if it had made sense, like she just shows up and basically made that assessment. I don't know it's it is a dumb moment. I did not care for that.
2: I kind of already covered it a little bit, and I don't know. it's a thing I struggle with a lot of in a lot of slasher movies, and you can have supernatural elements too. Slasher movies and horror movies And they they are good and they work well And all that stuff I just have a hard time With like a movie like this Where it doesn't present you with anything supernatural It doesn't say oh well Leatherface is for some reason Unkillable uh, the, You know they just want you to believe He's just a guy But like he gets shot with a shotgun At least five times But I think six I, If my count was on I'm not sure of that, but stabbed twice, chainsaw to the face, and then like literally he's fine, you know, like like I said earlier, like marshmallow shotguns, I don't know. when I watch horror movies or any movie like that, uh it just takes me out of it. I'm just like, oh, i I'm not even in the movie anymore, like this is doesn't even feel doesn't feel right
0: yeah, and somehow with a shotgun. Even at range, everyone's always just, like, shoulder-clipping him. And I know that happens in so many slasher movies, too. At least in Scream, they're kind of like, oh, they've got a bulletproof vest. And Halloween, depending on the entry that you're watching, he's vaguely supernatural. But, yeah, in this one, should just be a guy. Should react to that.
2: Yeah, and I get it's a slasher staple to just have your slasher be able to take, you know, be a tank and be able to take tons of damage. It's just it's a little hard for me or frustrating for me i guess
0: well let's dive into the gore how were the makeup effects how was the gore effects for everybody
3: where did you weigh in on that um i'm gonna give it a solid rather good i had some cringe moments in this one it was it was it was well done in my opinion as far as that goes and i'm not a gore connoisseur or anything but i know some good blood splatter when i see it
2: yeah, especially the bus scene, I guess. It was quite, quite gory.
3: Oh, yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Unexpected. Bonus points for surprise. Yeah. Yeah,
0: just kind of mowing through everybody. It was
3: that was pretty crazy.
0: And uh, I guess they said it was like four or five days of shooting and that they had to like have teams go and hose everything down to get the blood all out of it to reset.
3: Oh, I hate when you got to do that.
0: Yeah. Just in your own life as well, right? Cause I feel like I'm always doing that. It's constant, really.
3: Sure. I mean, no,
1: never. Says the not woman in the group, eh? A.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, that, that bus scene was just that was intense. And it was pretty cool.
0: So one of the things that was kind of funny along with the gore and the kind of special effects on it too, is uh they have Leatherface, so this is, this is my thought process versus the conversation Joe and I actually had about it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm watching as he's breaking through the wall and he's digging out his old chainsaw that we're supposed to believe is at least the time of watching it in my head that's been sealed in there since the 70s, the last time he used it. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, I, yeah, you know, is there any way that this thing could still even work? And at the same time, I know that Joe is thinking to him, you know, because I've never used a chainsaw. And at the same time, I know Joe's kind of thinking like, oh, I have used a chainsaw. I'm thinking about all the prep work that goes into getting it ready to go. And I'm sitting there wondering, could this thing even still function? But what the conversation actually ended up being like was me saying, do you think it's possible? And then Joe just, nope. (laughs) 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 There's no way that you'd pull this seven, you know, this, how many year 50 year old chainsaw out of a wall and it would be ready to go it'd be working in perfect order and be immediately solid there's there's no way yeah
2: yeah i was thinking that the whole time it was a good moment while we were watching it
3: what if he lovingly maintained it and would, you know, bust? It was like a weekly thing. He busted through the wall. He patched the wall. He oiled the thing. Like
2: that's how he stayed in shape.
3: That's how he stayed in shape. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah, that drywall, just his constant
2: home remodel.
3: We need to do like a remake of this, but like backstory spliced in, and we need to do the footage, like very low budget. It'll be fantastic.
4: It could be a docu series.
3: Oh my God! Found footage. Let's do it. Except he doesn't do any interviews. He just stares at the camera. He just stares at the camera, or he can just be <laughs> polishing the, uh, polishing the, uh, the chainsaw lovingly,
0: and grunting occasionally.
1: And the mother's like, "I told him he could store it in the shed, but he just keeps." He to just, tear the wall. And
3: he's like snuggling next to it in bed, tucks it in at night. They wear like cucumbers over their eyes while they're resting. <laughs> oh
2: Puts gosh. cucumbers over the like. I don't know. Yes. The chain, I guess. The
3: the chain, yeah. That's canon. I'm invested in this now. Skin so soft or Nivea, like just, you know, make sure that you're well oiled. Need you butter soft. (laughs) (laughs) Rubbing
2: shea oil all over the chain.
3: There you go, yeah. People let me tell
4: you about my best friend.
3: The Golden Girls themes can play. It'll be great.
0: (laughs) And they can both wear Golden Girls wigs and faces.
4: (gasps) Oh my God. <laughs> Betty White's face on Leatherface. Oh, it's too yes. Soon I should have picked somebody else.
1: Too soon hurts.
4: Damn it, Mitz. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think she would approve anyway.
0: Probably so. It's funny too, though, just in talking about the chainsaw because they were had it on set. The original, one of the original chainsaws from the original movie, and they were talking about how it hardly worked and it was hard to get it started and then sometimes it would just shut off and some days it wouldn't work at all and it would just fill the room with fumes. so i guess just lending credence to how unworkable that old of a chainsaw would actually be in real life because they had a chainsaw that old and it didn't work
2: right fun uh fun chainsaw fact I once cut my uh, thigh with a chainsaw. I had I was watching uh watching the the original movie and he, you know, Leatherface you cuts leather his thigh face. with a chainsaw. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that happened to me. I have a scar across my leg from that.
3: <laughs> was his acting realistic?
2: Well, I don't know. I guess uh in <laughs> the moment when I did it, I was more shocked than anything. I just sort of like looked down at my leg in. and was more like yeah, yeah. I was just like, huh, well, I'm going <laughs> to turn the chainsaw off and go inside now.
3: <laughs> I would have enjoyed that more in the, in the original one if he had just, like, kind of nicked himself like that. Gore splatters everywhere, and he just kind of looks down at it and brushes the blood a little bit and keeps going.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he did do a crazy dance after that, so. That
3: was an – that was a – look, that was a – interpretation of a human soul you know through the art form of dance i was moved 10 stars
1: (laughs) fun fact joe also did a happy dance after he cut his leg and then he chased after some teenagers how did you know
3: i thought you weren't supposed to admit that on the podcast
2: (laughs) great now my secret's out
3: dang it fix it in post now we're all accessories to a maybe murder
0: I'm not taking it out. In fact, I'm going to replace everything in the whole episode with that story over and over again. That's what this episode's going to be. (laughs) Retitle. Yay. Is Joe horror? Sounds like yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can confirm.
0: I did really like the practical effects in this as far as the gore goes. I think it all felt good. I think as CGI gets better... There are always going to be moments that I thought were practical that ended up being CGI that I just won't have noticed because it'll be harder to pick out as time goes on. I like to think that there's more of a kind of texture to actually using practical effects and viewing those on film. I don't know if I could really pick it out, but this did feel good as far as the gore when it did feel like it was practical. I was looking at it and feeling like, okay, this doesn't feel like they just use CGI, especially during the bus massacre scene there. So I got to give him props for that. It looked good.
3: Did anyone else get Blade blood rave vibes from the party bus? I enjoyed it. I didn't think about that, but I am now. (laughs) I want you to just replay that scene and it's just frame for frame and like body count for body count. I think they did well.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, I think it came together well as far as that aspect of things. How did everybody feel about this When It's all said and done. Would you want to see a sequel to this one? It sounds like kind of for everybody, it's on the low side of the totem pole as far as other requels go, like Halloween and Scream. But would you want to see more of this story? Would you want to see Lila come back? Would you want to see if maybe Sally made it?
2: Well, I, I liked Lila, and I wouldn't mind seeing what happens to her. But honestly, by the end of this movie, like... There wasn't a lot that I, I don't know, not a lot that was going to bring me back or get me excited about it. Like, I, If they announce that there's another one, I am I guess I might see it, but I'm not super excited about it, I guess. And then as far as um, other requels, I feel like others have done it much better. Halloween 2018 did a lot of similar things, but did it much better. So, I don't know
4: yeah i agree i'm not i'm not super invested in another movie but i would watch it just to see how lila fares because i did like her as a character
1: i did like this movie somewhat i know it got a lot of um negative feedback from people but i really didn't think it was like worse than the first one either um, i didn't really particularly like the first one that much it, was really unsettling, and I thought this one had some good moments in it. So I kind of feel the same way about both of them.
3: I don't think I would uh, watch a sequel to this, probably, for the aforementioned reasons. I mean, if they do the rewrites like I say it should be done, I would. I would consider it. I'm just putting it. <laughs> <up. laughs> right. Make note, all of you fancy producer folks and people who know things about films and such,
0: and Matt's high
3: school friend. Yes, high school friend. We need you. We love you.
1: I should get him to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be like, "Oh, thanks, jerk." <laughs> oh yeah, we just
4: on his movie the whole time.
1: Yeah, that might not go over well.
0: Um Yeah, I think at least for me anyway, I'm coming to appreciate the first movie a bit more as I've seen it more often and there's a grittiness to that movie that I think that it's hard to reproduce in modern movies Mm -hmm. these days. So you've got this movie that's trying to bring back those characters, but it doesn't bring back that same feel. It's too polished looking, too, in a way, coherent a story. Whereas not to say that the first one was incoherent but the last one is kind of like a descent into madness for all the characters involved i mean you end not just with sally screaming in the truck as it as it rolls away but also laughing right and i just i don't know you're not even approaching that kind of tone so it's almost if you were just looking at this movie and the original movie visually, it's hard to think of them as being within the same franchise. Now granted, we're using a lot of the same characters. We talked about Leatherface and I think that it kind of works in updating it, but it just doesn't end up capturing the same feel. And of course I didn't expect that it was going to, but I'm not sure what you do to fix that. In some ways, I think the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre maybe did a little bit better at kind of getting close to the original tone, at least closer than this one came.
3: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
4: Yeah, I don't think that... I mean, yeah, it definitely did not capture the same tone. There was way more WTF moments in the original, and I think that's what made, what made me like it so much. I, th- I thought the original was great and terrifying.
1: The tone in the original is definitely so much more unsettling, and you just really don't know what's going to happen at any given moment, whereas uh, this movie just felt more kind of like a standard slasher gore fest
0: a little more formulaic
2: yeah i'll uh, i think there's something to all that and i won't claim to be much of a texas chainsaw massacre fan i guess i i've only seen the two and i haven't really loved either honestly this one being far more bloody i think i still left uh watching the original a little more unsettled and Mm -hmm. i think it is it is a little bit kind of that thing you said, Steve, where it's not like it's incoherent, but there there is maybe a little bit of that element to it where and it spends some time like flashing on some kind of weird things like, oh, here's some like animal bones and, you know, here's some, you know, I don't know, the, just the like that one room that's full of bones and Ugh, I the guess, bedroom.
3: Is it... Okay, that bed was fire. Yeah. Okay, apart from the dust and like the yuck, I would totally have that bed. Are you serious? Come on, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
3: That is like gothic, shabby chic. I am living for it.
4: <laughs> I think the part of part of what made the original so scary and the way that they. The reasons they chose the imagery that they chose was probably what's going on at the time. Because if you're thinking about when it's being made, you've got, like, the satanic panic going on at that time. So we've got all this, like, witchcrafty uh, bone effigy imagery, which I think adds to the, like, just the, I don't know. It's just,
3: it's horrific. It's the only word I can think of. Macabre. Well, they based the, the bone art, um, from what I understand, is it was – this film was inspired by uh, the Ed Gain killings or actually I don't know if he actually murdered anybody. He just dug up bodies and did weird shit with them. Anyway, that's where they got this aesthetic because he, as a you know killer or criminal or whatever, he had these like bones for weird things and had them made into decorations and saved body parts. Like it was all very – I don't know. They kind of wove that in and out of the original. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it was effective. Yeah, it was it was good.
3: It was a tad unsettling for the time. Which for anyone keeping
0: score at home, when the original movie says it's based on a true story, that is as true as that story gets, is loosely on Ed Gain and some other various killers in the area, but not anything like this. Not at
3: all. No. They totally stole his aesthetic, that's about it.
0: Alright. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Visit Horror. Another special thank you to Franimal Kingdom for suggesting this is the movie that we review. It was a lot of fun, whether I liked it or not. Uh, Still, it was a fun time going through and watching it. Uh, The next time, we are going to be doing another sort of listener-requested episode. We're going to be covering Terminator, the original one from 1984. So join us back here for that and uh also if you haven't already seen from our social media we're now not only available on spotify but we're also on google podcast so you can look for us there if that's the way you prefer to listen and uh but thanks for joining us i've been steve
3: i'm brianna
1: i'm joe Um, oh i'm matt that's still forgetting (laughs) where i go
3: (laughs) Bye.
1: bye 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 Goodbye.
0: Thanks for joining us at Is It Horror. We post new episodes every other Friday. Think we didn't give this movie a fair shake? Think we missed something? Do you have a suggestion for future episodes? Or did you just want to say hi? If so, you can follow us at Is It Horror on Twitter, on Instagram at Is It horror Pod, or you can email us at is it horror podcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay safe and keep asking yourself Is it? Alright.